This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely. Positively. FedEx. Airbnb. It's wedding season. Yes, it is. What's going on, baby? Alex and I just got invited to a beautiful venue for the wedding of a childhood buddy of mine. Lovely. Can't wait to hear about it. We got babysitters. We're all set to go. And the first thing that you did, Jack? Book a hotel for the wedding. Okay. Second thing that you did? List my place as available that weekend on Airbnb. Millions of people host on Airbnb, but millions more have never even thought about hosting. Here's the thing. We've said it's great to make money while you sleep. Actually, Warren Buffett said that. Well, when you're an Airbnb host, host, you make money while you sleep and while someone else sleeps. That's why anytime I'm traveling, I immediately jump into Airbnb and set my house as available. It's that easy. So Yetis, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Canva. Six years ago, Nick and I were designing the pitch deck for our media company. Yeah, we didn't want it to look like some amateur college PowerPoint. We wanted to impress investors. So we made our first pitch deck on Canva. Canva is the easy-to-use online design platform for presentations, social media posts, physical flyers, anything you can design. Canva turns you into a digital da Vinci, delighting your audience with design. They got these color palettes that you can use. It makes your work look beautiful. We used presentation templates that were available for free and then customized them for our company. And guess what? That summer, we sold that company, Market Snacks, thanks to the deck we built with Canva. Oh, and funny thing, we still use Canva today for all our design projects. So, Yetis, start designing today at canva.com. Canva designed for work. This is Nick. This is Jack. Welcome back. It is Monday, October 2nd. And today's pod, it is the best one yet. It is a T-boy, Jack. You know what I did this weekend, Nick? Well, I've got something else I got to talk to you about. What did you do this weekend, by the way? I watched the Toy Story NFL game with Wilder. Not too shabby. To infinity and beyond. Were you watching it with two collared shirts on at once, Jack? <laughs> I, I told you. Doing. It's the fashion of the fall. Uh, two collared shirts. Either it's really cold or it's Paris Fashion Week, Jack. Neither of them are pop. Anna Wintour, she's a fan. First story, what do we got for the show, man? For our first story, we're looking at the stock market. It just finished its worst month of the year. Because our economy is facing a quintuple whammy. Five whammies. For our second story, we're looking at Blue Apron. The OG milk kit company was once worth $2 billion, but it just sold for a fraction of that value. So Jack and I aren't doing an obituary. We're doing an autopsy. For our third and final story, we're introducing you to the latest real estate trend that we're calling car apartments. Get this, Porsche, Bentley, and Aston Martin are all going from cars to condos. But Yetis, before we hit that fantastic mix. Jack, no one else is doing this mix today. I love the mix we chose this weekend. Let me flip the page open to week 185 of the Hoarder's Almanac. Things we're running out of in this economy. Jack and I have been keeping track for you. This week, we are running out of pandas. We repeat, panda bears are MIA, pandas are gone. Specifically, we are running out of giant pandas. Specifically, specifically, we're running out of pandas at zoos. Because get this, yetis. China has announced 
that they are taking back all the pandas that are currently in America's zoos. Apparently, pandas are only native to a very tiny part of China. So the only pandas that we have in America are in captivity at our zoos. Which means that the U.S. will soon have zero pandas. The three pandas currently at the Smithsonian, the National Zoo in D.C. They're growing back to China. The pandas we have in Atlanta, in San Diego, in the Memphis Zoo. They're shipping back to China. And this is such a sad story because pandas are actually adorable. This is such a mean story because pandas are just so cute. And pandas aren't just pandas either. Good point. Good point, Jack. The reason this is happening is that pandas are also about politics. Because Yeti's panda gifts are actually a form of diplomacy. A form of diplomacy known as diplomacy. Yetis, for years, the Chinese government has lent out their panda bears to foreign nations in order to build international relationships. A classic case of panda gifting. Yeah, because sending money is nice. But sending pandas, <laughs> oh, that's delightful. America received its first live panda in 1972. After Richard Nixon's first trip over to China. Canada got their first panda from China. After a trade deal they did with China. And Finland received their first panda from China after a national independence celebration. But now that tensions with China are high, China is taking back all the pandas that they've lent out. China is demanding repandament. <laughs> Yetis, that's why we have a shortage of pandas. Besties, that's why you gotta hug those pandas while you still can. From now until December, it's Panda Palooza. A giant farewell to all our zoo pandas. Because puppy. People ultimately prioritize pandas. Yeah, yeah they do. <laughs> Jack, let's hit our three stories. 15 years before this song, two boys from the Northeast met in the dorm. They had an idea that caused a culture storm it's the best one yet but the best is the norm jack nick that's it i don't even think they need to practice 50 percent that's a fat tip t-boy city on your at list if you know you know because we ready to go we can't wait no more so just start the show start the show for our first story september is over it actually was the stock market's worst month of the whole year. Because our economy faces a quintuple whammy of worries right now. Yetis, the best reflection of the stock market overall. Where are you going to look, Jack? The S&P 500. The S&P 500. If you want to know what the whole stock market's doing, you don't look at the Dow, you don't look at the NASDAQ, you look at the S&P 500. It's an index that tracks the 500 biggest stocks in America, and it fell by 5% last month. Now, here's why that is just a cry in shame, Yetis. Going into September, we were just 5% away from an all-time record high. It was a bull market, baby. People were swinging. It was fun <laughs> out there, Jack. But that bull got beaten down, and that swinging ended last month. Today, Yetis, we now sit 11% below the all-time stock market high hit in January of 2022. September. It's the biggest month for birthdays, but the stock market wasn't celebrating. So, Yetis, when Jack and I noticed it was the worst month of the year, we had to ask, why did stocks fall continuously over the past 30 days? We found a quintuple whammy of economic worries. That's right, besties. We found five whammies of reasons. The first economic worry was caused by Russia and Saudi Arabia, who cut oil production last month. Yeah, they cut the oil production, which means prices of oil are getting up to nearly 100 bucks a barrel. Expensive oil means expensive gasoline, which is like a tax that's slows down the whole economy. All right, that's worry number one. But worry number two is the government shutdown. All 
month, investors have feared that Congress would fail to fund the government, leading to another government shutdown. That would have messed with economic data and the IPO market and just hurt the economy in a whole bunch of different ways. But news update. On Saturday night at the 11th hour, Congress passed a 45-day spending bill. So the government's not shutting down right now, but investors thought it would all last month. Which brings us to worry number three for the economy right now. The child care cliff. The child care cliff. Yetis Congress allowed a pandemic-era child care bill to expire just this past weekend. Which means that 70,000 child care programs are projected to close, which would affect 3 million kids in America. And that's not all. Whammy number four, student loan payments resumed yesterday on October 1st. And whammy number five is the strikes that are still happening among actors and car workers in this country. Yeah, he's added all up and it's like Halloween came early this year. It came a month early. The scariest part of Halloween was September. So Jack, what's the takeaway for our buddies who are everyone in the stock market? Individual stocks face individual risks, but market-wide risks hit everything. Yeah, it is. If you buy stock in Tesla, then you face risk that Elon does something crazy. Yeah, Elon's antics are an individual risk to Tesla stock. He's only a risk if you own stock of Tesla. But if you buy stock in Tesla, you also face systemic risk. Those five economic whammies we just mentioned, those are all systemic risks. Yeah, so they affected just about every stock in the stock market, from Pepsi to Pinterest, not just Tesla. Last month, Apple stock was down. Amex's stock was down. Even Peloton was down in September, despite that Lululemon partnership. And Lululemon stock was down too. The whole stock market was down in September. Because five systemic risks affected the whole economy. For our second story, after years of rising and falling, Blue Apron Meal Kits has finally been acquired for a fraction of the price it was once valued at. We're not doing an obituary on Blue Apron. We're doing an autopsy on it. But Jack, if we're going to tell this story, can you talk to us about the coolest date you could do back in 2011, man? The coolest date night you could pull off was not dinner at Dorcia's Friday at 8 o'clock. Yeah, it's 2011. The coolest kind of date you could do, Meal Kit tiny apartment in Manhattan, be there or be square. 12 years ago, Blue Apron offered us just that. They didn't just pioneer the meal kit, they invented it. We're talking slamming salmon on a bowl of Jamaican sticky rice sent to your door. Serves two people, costs you only 20 bucks. Jack, how about the sheet pan ravioli with the Brussels sprout flambe? It only has two steps to prepare. It only takes 10 minutes before you're eating it next to a candlelight. They send you the ingredients, just the ingredients, because this was the key insight that Blue Apron made about meal kit. Millennials were both time poor and money poor. And the meal kit solved both those problems. For example, the meal kit cut down on prep time. The Blue Apron Carnitas meal kit came with onions that were pre-chopped. And the meal kit saved you money. You need cilantro for those carnitas. You can get just a couple stems with Blue Apron instead of the bushel you have to buy at the grocery store. Nothing worse than when you need a pinch of coriander, but you have to spend $18 on a whole can of coriander. That innovation powered Blue Apron to a $2 billion valuation, and it was the first meal kit company to IPO. The first pure play meal kit company stock. Things were looking wonderful for Blue Apron. But Yetis, here's the news from Blue Apron. Blue Apron stock has fallen by 95%. And its years as a publicly traded company are officially over. Because Blue Apron was just acquired for just $100 million. Now, Yetis, when a business or a business person reaches their end, 
We do an obituary. That's what made us curious about this story. In this case, Yetis, we're not going to do an obituary. Jack and I are going to do an autopsy. We're whipping out the scalpel and putting on a pair of latex gloves. Because to find out what went wrong at Blue Apron, Jack and I decided to do an interesting thing. We went back to Blue Apron's IPO paperwork from 2017. And Jack and I looked at what Blue Apron wrote six years ago to investors to convince them on why to invest in Blue Apron. And here's our observation. The strengths that Blue Apron highlighted about their business turned out to be their weaknesses. Yeah. For example, Yetis, Blue Apron said their number one strength was an emotional brand connection. Which didn't actually exist. You ditched Blue Apron for a meal kit competitor. Blue Apron said its second strength was constant product innovation. I think they just did meal kits through their history, right? Not much innovation there. And their third strength that Blue Apron highlighted six years ago... Strong unit economics. That's just false. They never turned a profit at Blue Apron. So Yetis, after jumping in T-Boy style, we found a bunch of things wrong at Blue Apron. But we wanted to know, what was the coup de gras? It wasn't the lentil soup, it wasn't the cavatelli, and it wasn't the carnitas. Or that cilantro. Or the pineapple peanut butter smoothie. It was our takeaway. So Jack, <laughs> what's the takeaway for our buddies over at Blue Apron? Blue Apron is the perfect example of a feature not a product. Yetis, a product is something that can be a standalone money-making business. A feature is an element of a product. A feature cannot stand alone. Well, for 12 years, Blue Apron tried to be a product. But you know what? They never once made money. Because meal kits aren't a product. They are a feature. Exactly. So like if Whole Foods launched meal kits, that would be a great feature within the Whole Foods business. Yeah, it'd give you a reason to keep shopping at Whole Foods instead of switching to Gourmet Garage. Besties, now that Blue Apron has been acquired by a bigger food company, it's finally becoming a feature. Blue Apron is the perfect example of a feature, not a product. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Eddie's, how good is the feeling of finally getting something off your chest? You've been wanting to say it. You've been waiting to say it. But you bottled it up. In Waspy, Vermont, where I grew up, we didn't talk much about our problems. We were encouraged to keep them to yourself. Yeti's bottling up your feelings is just horrible for you because eventually it blows up with an outburst and then while it's stewing, it makes your whole stomach feel terrible. We encourage you to get it off your chest. And the perfect place to do that is therapy. You will not believe how good it feels to say something that has been left unsaid and you can practice with a therapist and then end up telling your loved ones the best way possible later on. You don't have to tell them, but you could. It's 100% up to you. Oh, and by the way, what you tell your therapist remains completely confidential. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash T-Boy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash T-Boy. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. For our third and final story, this one's wild. Portia, Bentley, and Aston Martin are all opening what we're calling car apartments. 
Carpartment buildings. Carpartment buildings, yeah. Luxury car brands are expanding from selling cars to selling condos. Ooh, Jack, the spiciest new trend in real estate. What is it, man? It's not a modern farmhouse. No, unfortunately, it's not. It's branded real estate. Luxury brands are sticking their logos on your home. Yeah, it is. New York Times reporting has found that luxury car companies in particular are dipping their toes into real estate. Look at Porsche, Bentley, and Aston Martin. They have all opened or are in the process of opening apartment buildings. We are not joking. Jack, can we head on down to Miami and enter the uh, Porsche Tower? The Porsche Tower opened in 2017. The lobby of this building is decked out in the same bronze, red, and black as the Porsche logo is. The doormen are like a Formula One pit crew. Jack, can you describe the elevator for us over there? There is a car elevator where tenants of the building can drive their car into the elevator, push the button for 58, because that's where your apartment is, and all while sitting in your car, go up to the 58th floor and then drive your car into your 58th floor apartment. Yetis, the gym looks like a V12 engine. <laughs> the building has two car driving simulators. That's a two-bedroom chassis. So that's the Porsche Tower. But let's head down the beach to Aston Martin Apartments, which are about to open. The Aston Martin Apartments are a 66-story car turned into a skyscraper, as they described it. If you book the penthouse, it literally comes with a sedan. Oh, and that's not all. Also in Miami, they're breaking ground on a Bentley building, too. The lobby is going to have the same diamond-studded leather as the interior of the car. But Yetis, here's what Jack and I found fascinating about this story. We jumped in T-Boy style and we noticed it's not just luxury car brands that are getting into branded real estate. In Italy, four top fashion houses are also selling homes. Fendi, Bulgari, <laughs> Mizzoni, Armani, all of those fashion houses are selling real houses now. In Toronto, Nobu, the famous sushi restaurant, is going from black cod to condos. Jack, this is just like the last season of Succession. No spoilers, by the way. This is what Living Plus was. It's extending a non-real estate brand into real estate. But frankly, Yetis, here's what Jack and I are thinking. The more strategic opportunity here, it's branded hotels, not apartment buildings. Yeah, because only the tenants can experience this Porsche building if it were a hotel, many more people could experience Porsche. For example, a Goop Beach Resort, that would do pretty well, wouldn't it, Jack? Every Goop superfan would book a hotel vacation at Goop. Gwyneth would sell more face cream at her hotel than on her website. I might even stop by. They may make you remove one of your collars, Jack, but we should definitely go. <laughs> so, Jack, what's the takeaway for our buddies over at the Porsche Tower? The cure for a commodity is a brand. Yetis, most beachfront condos in Miami, they look the same. Frankly, they're commodities. If one of the buildings adds valet parking, so does every other building on the Strip. And you know what? Here's the problem with commodities. The cheapest price usually wins. So to not be a commodity... These Miami developers are borrowing luxury car brands. Yeah, guess what, besties? Porsche, they have no involvement in this Porsche Tower thing. Like, they're just licensing their brand and logo to the building. The developer is paying Porsche to use the Porsche brand because the Porsche brand has value. The Porsche Tower has a story they can tell prospective buyers to avoid being a commodity. And if they avoid being a commodity, they can demand a higher price. Because how do you cure a commodity, Jack? You cure it with a brand. Jack, can you whip up the takeaways for us to kick off the week? 
The S&P 500 fell 5% in September. It was the worst month of the year so far. Because of the five whammies, five systemic risks affected the whole economy and the whole stock market. For our second story, it's Blue Apron. It hit a $2 billion valuation for inventing meal kits, but just sold for only $100 million. Because Blue Apron is a feature, not a product. And our third and final story is the Porsche Tower in Miami. It's an example of branded real estate. The best cure for a commodity is a brand. But Yetis, this pod's not over yet. Here's what else you need to know today. First, the House shockingly passed a 45-day spending bill just in the nick of time before the deadline on Saturday night. We shockingly avoided a government shutdown at least for 45 days. And second, New York City just had its wettest weekend in two years. Way too much flooding was not pretty. Besties and yetis across the five boroughs, we hope you're safe and dry and have an easier week of commuting this week. And finally, Honda just unveiled an adorable electric car specially equipped for kids in hospitals. It's a fantastic story. Sick children can now zip around the hospital wing and actually have some moments of fun. Now time for the best fact yet. This one sent in by legendary Yeti Kelsey Black from lovely Austin, Texas. Let's do this one in the form of a trivia question. I like this, Jack. Good, good way to kick it off. What is the national animal of Scotland? I mean, you're thinking something with horns, multiple horns, some type of deer, it feels like. Game. Why are you thinking horns? I don't know. It just feels like something <laughs> from the crown that I remember seeing. <laughs> In the U.S., we have a bald eagle. In Scotland, the national animal is a unicorn. That's right. The mythical animal of the unicorn is the official animal of Scotland. Because in Celtic mythology, the unicorn was considered a symbol of purity, innocence, and power. Even today, on the United Kingdom's coat of arms, they've got a lion for England and a unicorn for Scotland. The unofficial animal of Silicon Valley is the official animal of Scotland. Yetis, you look fantastic to kick off the week. And you know what? If you want to get our takeaways written down, like so you can share them with friends and stuff, you can sign up for our newsletter anytime you want, like now. Takeaways in text. Just go to tboypod.com slash newsletter. Sign up today for the best newsletter yet. Nick and I will see you tomorrow. Can't wait. Before we go, a bon compliano to Martino Perletti over in lovely Milano, Italy. And happy birthday to Owen Coates in Fort Worth, Texas. And David Barona, happy birthday in Pine, Colorado, just outside Denver. And happy birthday to Cheddar Tang, the one-year-old puppy down in Las Vegas. And Avery Kamalzada just got promoted to first lieutenant in the Marines stationed in Japan. Thank you for your service, Avery. Congratulations to Jake Whitney, who just got a new job as an airline pilot over in Kalamazoo. And Eric Pfeiffer just got promoted over in Pennsylvania. Not too shabby. Congratulations to Maz Usmani, who just got a new job in D.C. at Amazon's HQ2. And Priya Gupta and Indranil Chokraborty are celebrating an anniversary in their lovely new house in Little Rock. Congratulations to Ben Meyer for starting his first day at his new job. Ben, and Kara Phillips and Connor Kastner are moving in together. Big moves over in the East Village. You know what, Ben? You're more than enough. And congratulations <laughs> to Kay Morris, who's visiting Boston for the first time ever. Hit up the Boston Common. Look at the place where they had that conversation at Goodwill Hunting on the bench. And congratulations to Michael and Emily, who are spending the next seven months traveling around the world. Guys, send us some pics. And congratulations to John Knapp and Katrina Long, who just got engaged on Baker Beach in San Francisco with the Golden Gate Bridge in the backdrop. Not too shabby. That 
is lovely, guys. And to anyone else celebrating something today, make it a T-Boy. Celebrate the wins. This is Jack. I own stock of Amazon, and Nick and I both own stock of Lululemon, Peloton, and Apple. And we both own ETFs of the S&P 500. For years, China, the country, has lent their pandas <laughs> to... F- <laughs> no clarification necessary, Jack. I know it's funnier. The fact that you clarified that China was a country or that you waited till halfway through the story. <laughs> like, you know, just in case anyone is lost right now, I got to bring this back to basics. For years, China, the country, not the dishware. <laughs> If you like the best one yet, you can listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. And before you go, tell us a little bit about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. We want to get to know you. Behind every successful business is a story, and some of them might surprise you, like how Chobani's first yogurt factory was discovered on a piece of junk mail, or how the founder of the multi-million dollar cosmetics brand Drunk Elephant was told by everyone, including her own mother, that the name sounded like a dive bar. I'm Guy Raz, and on my show How I Built This, I talk to founders behind the world's biggest companies to learn the real stories of how they built them. In each episode, you'll hear entrepreneurs share moments of doubt and failure and talk about how they were able to overcome them on their way to the top. How I Built This is like a masterclass in innovation and creativity from the people who've done it all. Follow How I Built This wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery+. Plus. For more deep dive and daily business content, listen to Wondery, the destination for business podcasts. With shows like How I Built This, Business Wars, and many more, Wondery means business.